while shaving her mom's head at 15 years of age and all the conversations centered on medical bills changed Sarah's life. Learn the story and more that's coming right up. You did it. You have found your judgment-free zone, the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a bilingual podcast for women who want to become reinas of their money and love their dinero more. I am your host, Jen Hemphill, a former extreme frugalist turned reina of your money advocate. Each week, I'm going to help you reign your money like that queen that you are with inspiring interviews and panel discussions from La Comunidad Latina and with solo episodes sharing simple, actionable tips and strategies. Thanks for spending some time with me today. And now let's jump into today's Dose of Money Confidence. Hola, ¿qué tal? You are here with me. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule and saying yes to you and to becoming a reina of your money. This is Jen Hempel, your host. And before I introduce today's guest, I wanted to make sure you are aware of the Cafecito Lounge, only available on the Himalaya app. There you get office hours with me, bonus episodes, PDFs, and you can try it for free with the code DINERO. The link is in the show notes and at the very end of this episode. Now let's get to today's show. Let me share with you a little bit about Sarah Macias. Sarah Macias is a financial educator specifically for equality and financial literacy for all. She helps all people of all ages and all incomes learn about money and what was not taught in school. Sarah lives by her motto of universal love for equality of humans and the education for financial independence for all. In today's episode, you're going to learn how shaving her mom's head at 15 years of age changed her, as well as the memories of conversations centered on medical bills and what this meant to her and the imprint her mother being let go of her job had in becoming more interested in financial literacy. Lista? You ready? Vamos a conocer this reina of her money. Bienvenida, Sarah. Welcome to the Her Dinero Matters podcast. I'm excited and thrilled to have you here. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm excited to have a a discussion with you today, Jen, and thanks for the invite. You are welcome. Well, something that I've enjoyed when we chatted uh, on the phone a few weeks ago was your, just your knowledge of uh, finance, your knowledge of uh, stats and finance and women. But I wanted to, before we dig into that, I wanted to dig into your money story, how you grew up around money, what you saw. Did you, do you have a certain memory, whether from your childhood, your teens or, or in adulthood where you, you had a conversation or someone had a conversation or you experienced something or you saw something that had a huge impact on you and what you thought around money? I think that's a really good question that you ask to start off your podcast because everybody has their own money story. And mine, I guess, would start definitely from a young age when the thing that cost the most in my family was medical bills. And the money story was always how much everything costs and how everything was always so expensive. And we were always told we couldn't afford it. And we were always told that as long as we were comfortable getting by, that things were going to be okay. And 
I remember constantly thinking that getting by is not comfortable at all. Just getting exactly what we needed to pay bills or medical bills or whatever it had be, just that daily struggle of not knowing if we were going to be able to make it, it wasn't a comfortable feeling at all. So I was always confused of, of why we didn't want to talk about money, why it was such a taboo in our culture. And because there was always a conversation about not having it and people always fighting about it, I remember always being interested in learning about it, always wanting to hang out with the people who did make money as I got older and want to see how they did it. And I remember picking their brains. How did they get successful and how did they become where they were? And I remember hearing a like attitude about money, which was receiving it in a positive way and not receiving it in a negative way. I think when it comes to unforeseen circumstances of not knowing whether you're going to have your job the next day or your health the next day or your spouse the next day, there's so many different things that are are not, you don't always know when they're going to come. And financially, you got to be prepared or else that money story can go into a whole nother realm of, of the unknown, you know, and I think that's where the financial literacy really comes into par because financial literacy is not taught in schools. So it's very hard to imagine a lot of people with a positive money story. <laughs> right. And it seems like with as many interviews as I do, the majority of those interviews lead to scarcity mindset, uh, always hearing that there's no money, that people are broke. And it's no different from my story because I, I was uh, in that same boat of hearing those things. We don't have the money. We can't afford this. We can't do this because of the lack of money. And I think some of that was not Yes, maybe some of it was a lack of money, but the other part was the fear of maybe not making enough or maybe having made some decisions that uh, weren't serving my parents. Now, I wanted to talk to you. So you told us a little bit about your money story. You shared with us that there wasn't really a conversation, that there was a lot of uh, a scarcity mentality from what I'm hearing you say. And you also shared that you had this interest in learning more just because there was that not, there was no conversation around money. It may, it had you wanting to learn about money and how people were succeeding and making that money. So when did this happen? When you're you know, you picking I, people's brains and um, really wanting to learn When I started more. to learn about money, I was in real estate at the time. I wanted to be a coach and I wanted to be a teacher originally and I saw my mom get laid off as a special needs teacher and she was a cancer patient at the time and I was infuriated by it. Um, I couldn't imagine that you know they would lay off someone who was going through medical issues at the same time she was a special needs teacher. She was an incredible, incredible teacher um, and paid her dues and um, I remember going okay well maybe I don't want to put my hands in a position where somebody could fire me or let me go and I, I immediately knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur when I saw that happen to my mom. Um, so I immediately got into real estate. I thought I was going to be a restaurant owner. I thought, well, you know, Latin people, they make good food. We can make a restaurant out of a business or make a business with a restaurant and um, immediately that's what I thought what we were good at and what I could do and um, I was dating a chef at the time and I thought that my success was going to come there and then I worked in a restaurant and I looked at the profit and loss and you know what it really took to to have uh, income with the restaurant and and how if I did have a restaurant the only people that would make you know it make it in retirement would be 
me and my husband, not the dishwasher or the manager even, you know, and, um, you know, think about how many restaurants right now, how many people working in there are not going to be on track for their future. And I would have had a company that was just, you know, able to support me and not anybody else. And so when I got into um, learning about money, I was in real estate and I got an interview with a financial firm and they said, we teach people about money here. And I said, wow, you know, I always wanted to be a teacher and, you know, I've been a manager of every show I've ever been in from restaurants to hotels to fine dining to you can put me in any company. I'd be the manager within a month or so. <laughs> I was always that type of person. Um, and but, you know, the managers are just high paying employees. <laughs> if if that sometimes they're not even high paid. And um, I remember getting the opportunity to be in real estate and going, OK, this is this is cool, but you know, I don't want to be an agent forever. How do I become a broker? And I remember getting interviewed in in finance, and I was interviewed by uh, a, someone who made a lot of money in finance. And he didn't come from you know financial background. He came in the Caribbean. You know, nobody taught him about money when he got to the U.S. He had to figure it out. And it's always the people who have gone through like the worst in life that are really successful because they have this extra drive in them, right? They're, it's not the people who had everything in life that actually do more. It's the people who, you know, have this eternal fire because they didn't mm -hmm. have something growing up or, you know, they saw somebody get hurt and they want to do something about it. Um, you know, it's, it's really intriguing to know that, you know, with our economy right now and finance and money, you know, eight out of 10 people hate their jobs and most people are month to month. And that's not, um, that's not something that I want to be okay with knowing when we have, you know, a full, full country that's free and we have resources. And, um, I believe that behind every problem that we complain about, there's a solution. You know, I don't believe in marching for something that there's answers for already. You know, um, you know, we could talk about equal pay for women. You know, I, I believe there is equal pay for women. You have to work with the company that pays you equally. <laughs> They're out there. Um, you know, don't settle for the companies that don't, um, you know, and ask for what you're worth, you know, and um, know, knowing your, your goals is important. You know, no one ever broke down, you know, how expensive the, the chocolate bar is going to be in the future. You know, they don't teach that stuff in school. So uh, inflation is a huge reason why people are on track for their retirement and their monthly goals and savings and their wealth journeys are taking longer and longer because no one's teaching us the ABCs of how money works, you know. And so that's why it's been really intriguing to be in the industry, definitely. Something that I have loved you say, Sarah, is that you, when you worked in the restaurant industry, you were concerned for those working for you, for the dishwashers, for the waiters, that you were concerned for their financial future, for them building wealth. And I, that just floored me because not many people think like that. So obviously at that point in time, you were concerned in terms of how, I mean, yes, you were concerned in terms of, you knew you were going to get, you know, you were working your way up. You knew you were, you were building wealth, but you were also concerned of others. And I love that. Now I wanted to ask you, I think a little bit of your money story has propelled you to succeed. And the incident with your mom uh, being you know, laid off from her job. But what are some things, what are some qualities uh, of yours that you feel have really pushed you and keep you going and keep you motivated? 
I think eternally, if you don't have a drive inside of you, you know, you kind of know if you have it or not, uh, you know, if it's died in you or not, you know, I got to tell you, shaving my mom's head at, at 15 changed my whole life. You know, everything shifted. It went from, I went from being a tomboy to completely girly overnight. I wanted to be somebody. I wanted to stand out. I thought, man, you know, something could happen to me tomorrow. And what do people know me as, you know? And I remember thinking that and getting that shift, that mind shift at 15 years old where that shift usually takes people 40 years to get, you know, they have to go through their first loss or their first big, you know, family member that goes through an illness. And usually that doesn't happen till a later age. So, you know, me getting that early was, was honestly a blessing now in disguise, because I have a little bit different edge on, you know, just the way that I look at people. After learning about, you know, money and where most of the economy is, I, I sitting and learning these concepts, I'm going, wow, before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. That's why my mom was broke. That's why we struggled for every medical bill. That's why we never were able to keep up because nobody was ever teaching us resources. You know, I have a book here that's done in fifth grade reading level for people to learn about money. And I think one of the qualities that I've always had is I've always had an open mind. I've always been hungry to learn. I've never felt like I, I don't ever feel like I'll ever stop learning. And, and the more I read about successful people, they feel the same way. They, they're never the smartest person in the room. They don't, they will want to be the Mr. Know-it-all. They want to, they know that there's more out there to learn and they're always excited for it. Um, I also know that when I Googled at a young age, you know, how, who who are the most successful people in the in the world it was business owners and you know millionaires have an average of seven sources of income so you know for me that internal drive has always been there because i've always wanted to see my family in a better light and being in sports and being competitive and having a lot of nothing but brothers and boy cousins i've also had to have this little mental toughness being the only girl in the room and now being in the financial world, I'm also an arena where it's dominated male. Um, but right now, women in finance are really taking a whole nother charge. You know, it's um, you know, I was uh, really floored to see how much of an opportunity we do have because women are becoming more of a savvy person with money and more um, of the manager positions, more of the degrees these, this this time around. And um, there's a lot of opportunity for women to learn these things that you know 100 years from more from now it wasn't like this you know so it's really cool to see the shift well that was awesome sarah now let's wrap it up with what i call the cheese express so gossip in a positive and fun light-hearted way as latinas latinas do you are have a latina heritage so tell us what that is Oh, uh, thanks for letting me know that I don't know my Spanish heritage. <laughs> um, actually, I'm one of those uh, Latin households that when my grandma came over from Mexico, she was 15 years old and pregnant with my father. And um, when she got here, she was told that she wasn't supposed to speak Spanish. She was told that she had to Americanize herself. She ended up marrying a different gentleman who had who she had four other babies with, 
So my father um, ended up growing up not being taught where he was from, where they were born. Um, it was kind of like they kind of disowned the Latin traditions and um, completely wanted us to conform. And uh, now being half Mexican, you know, it's unfortunate that I can't give you that answer. You know, what I'd love to express to you is that I'm glad that that has shifted. I'm glad that we are accepting for who we are in in our bloodlines and and it's a different era or era right now where we don't have to hide who we are and we're taking a stand and we're fighting back for what we want and equality so i think that that statement alone really charges me up because you know my last name is Macias, you know and people are always asking me and i don't ever have an answer and it's kind of like being an orphan you know <laughs> it's not necessarily knowing where where you're from or what your ethnicity is so or what your your full background is or where your your grandparents came from you know i think that's definitely something that i want to change for the future of my children you know Right. And it's interesting that you say this because you're not the only one in that situation. There is that point in time that people came over from Mexico and they, they did the exact same thing. Your uh, grandmother did or your abuela did because it was a way to try to fit in and not really stand out and a way to move forward within the U.S., uh, unfortunately. And that's how it was. So I, I'm, I'm just curious how many people are, you know, have that same, I know it's not just you because I've spoken with other people, but it's interesting uh, how much of an impact that has, right? Favorite celebrity, you know, <laughs> it's funny because my, I don't have really celebrity favorites because I'm on a whole different wavelength of who I'm listening to, my podcast, my voices that are in my head. There is a guy right now that I'm listening to like crazy. His name's Ed Milet. He's not a typical celebrity on entertainment channel or anything. He's actually somebody who came up from nothing to something and now has a podcast where he interviews successful people from all different walks of life, from people who uh, are professional athletes to people who uh, have no arms and no legs women professionals. I mean, he interviews people from the church. He interviews people from all different arenas. And, um, you know, his conversations that he has with these successful minds and the different people that he puts in front, you know, he's like a celebrity to me. You know, if I if I was to see Ed Milet or go to a, you know, an event and he's there, I'd get starstruck just because philanthropy is what excites me these days, you know. Um, giving back makes me feel like, wow, like, dang, this person donated this much money to this cause. Like, that's a celebrity to me right now. It's not, there might be some people out there like, you know, Oprah, for one, is someone that is really huge on change and, and you know, making waves and things like that. And I always talk about how I have this elevator pitch for Oprah, you know, so that when I see her, we're going to be like business partners together. And we're going to go into a a mission of teaching financial literacy because you know oprah uh, i don't know if you know but books were actually going down in sales for like a decade right because you know libraries were going out of business everything's on amazon and then oprah came out with a book club and everybody's buying books again you know and so you know i could see if you know if oprah learned more about finance if oprah learned more about opportunities where she could you know pay her employees six figures because her too has employees that she cannot pay six figures to 
get to their mm-hmm. retirement either. She falls into the same category of the dishwasher person. You know, I can't wait to to have a moment in my life where I'm looking at these successful minds and that's what we're already doing. Some of my partners are NFL players to professional athletes and they're all sick and tired of not being taught about money. You know, even the wealthy people, they're not getting taught. They're supposed to know it all because all of a sudden they have money, <laughs> right? And, right. Um, you know, how many football players go broke because they come from poverty stricken households and nobody's, you know, knocking on their doors and saying, hey, we'll coach you from A, B and C on, you know, how these things work, how your money's going to be taxed in this country. You know, rich people get taxed very, very heavily in this country. And, um, you know, Americans, uh, you know, regular workers are getting taxed heavily. I mean, heck, Social Security is getting taken out of checks and we're not even promised that we're going to get it back. The whole co- the whole government is just, like the whole system is blocked, you know. So I think people that are celebrities to me right now are people who are changing, trying to change the world. Love you know, it. That, that to be people like you, you know, you're you're trying to break an awareness of something. You know, that that to me is people that I want to be around that like gets me excited, you know, um, definitely. Now, are you a morning person or night owl? You know, I got to be honest with you. I had to train myself to be a morning person. Um, I had to t- tell my affirmations in the morning. I love sunrises. I love sunrises so uh, that I can wake up and actually see one because if you love a sunrise, you have to actually see it. And so I had to transform my thinking. I have a morning morning motivational call that I do Monday through Friday, 6.45 to 7. But that was me mentally developing a habit. It takes 90 days to build a habit. I wasn't a morning person but I had to develop a morning attitude. Um, but I'm definitely a night owl. I can be up all night. I have energy levels that I don't even know how to explain. So I definitely am a night owl for sure. Love it. Your greatest achievement. My greatest achievement, um, I got to say, is being a good daughter, 100%. I want to be better. And look, I can get emotional about it because it's always at the tip of my thought is being a good example to my family, being a good example to other women that you can do it you know, if I died today, I know I change people's lives. I love it. And you're making me tear up. That's a real big feeling because I know that a lot of people are on their deathbeds going, man, I wish I would have done this or I wish I would have done that. And uh, I can honestly say that every day I'm working on what if something happens, you know? So I appreciate that. I hear you. And from tears to a, another, just a random question. When you enter the building, do you immediately go to the stairs or elevator? I definitely go to the elevator. I love the honesty. Awesome. Now, there are definitely times where I'm like, damn, I should walk those stairs, you know, but. Love it. Well, Sarah, this has been fantastic. You are definitely an inspiration. I'm just in awe at the way you think, how big hearted you are, how you really put yourself or put others before you and, and everything that you do. And there's not many people like you uh, that are so uniquely like you. So I appreciate you keeping the inspiration that you are and keep doing the work that you're doing. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. I hope you have a wonderful day and keep doing what you're doing for us Latinas. I really appreciate it. I hope that you enjoyed getting to know Sarah and that you felt what I felt, where she is fired up, not only about life, but her beliefs and her vision of making sure that everyone, no matter who, gets the financial education they deserve. You can connect with Sarah 
over in Instagram. And I have her Instagram account, the link in the show notes. It's global underscore Rosie underscore Rose. So that's, if you look for that, you'll find her on Instagram, or you can also look up today's show notes. The reina of the week is Tamika. She shared that she used basically the cash envelope method where she took out money for her spending to spend on grocery shopping, personal spending, etc. And just by doing this, she had two wins. Number one was seeing exactly where the money went that she spent. And number two is having money left over. Who doesn't love leftover money? So congratulations, Tamika. Keep up the great work. Now, you may have connected today with Sarah's story, or you may be still trying to sort out your own past money story as she sorted out. Or maybe you are overwhelmed with money, period. (laughs) My Daily Money Ritual helps you sort it out, and it's free. It's a free resource for you that I've got waiting for you, and you can grab it over at jenhemphill.com forward slash ritual. Next week on the podcast, we will meet Chela Diaz. And how do I describe Chela? But a really heartwarming soul who shares some really cool tips on gratitude that I've never heard. And on the show, she had a discovery as we talked on how her dad had a bigger impact on her financial life than she realized. So it was neat to see her have that aha moment. So make sure you turn in to that episode. That is it. Eso es todo. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to tune into today's show. Be sure to check out the show notes over at jenhempill.com forward slash 205 to refer to the resources and links that I shared on today's show. Remember to claim your reina crown, tu corona. You don't have to wait. The choice is definitely in your hands and becoming the reign of your money can start right now. You've got this. Tú puedes. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. I will talk to you next Thursday. Ciao.